0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 135 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Lori Tilden Leak. Lori lives near Dallas, Texas, where she is a retired homeschool mom who is pursuing her own education now. She is working on her bachelor's degree in nursing one class at a time. And she is planning to graduate around her 65th birthday, which I love that. So you're you're 60 now, is that right? I'm about to turn 60 in May. Well, happy birthday coming up soon, and I love that you are doing something new at this stage of life. Thank you. It's never too late.
1: No, I'm not. So I wonder
0: it. what new thing will I do when I'm when I'm your age? I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be something. Well, thank you for being here today, and you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Okay. The thing that brought me to intermittent fasting was waiting for a specific number on a glucose meter. That's what brought me to intermittent fasting. I found an article, a blog post by a gentleman in Australia named Marty Kendall of optimizing and he wrote this article that was titled how to use a glucose meter as your fuel gauge and I was feeling very desperate at the time I had been searching for about 2 years looking for some answers on how to deal with an a continuing upward tick on my bathroom scale and so Marty's article while I wasn't too thrilled about the idea of sticking my finger for a glucose number on a meter My bathroom meter, my scale, that number wasn't making me happy either. So I uh, took the information from Marty's article and started applying it to my life.
0: So at first, you were just checking your blood glucose. Did you have the idea of fasting at that point? Was his whole point to fast?
1: Yes. Fasting for the purpose of giving your body time for the glucose to lower so that your body then would have a chance to access some of its other fuel sources. So at the time, I found that article from a Facebook post, basically somebody on Facebook in one of the trim healthy mama groups that I was part of, and that will come into my story too. trim healthy mama will posted this little graphic chart that had some blood glucose numbers on it. And it The person said something about that she waited until her glucose came down to about 85 before she would go ahead and eat. And so I started searching for where did that graphic come from? Where did this information come from? Because I wanted to know the where's and whys and all the answers behind it all. And through searching, that's how I found Marty's blog post. And I've reached out to him since then and told him about my success following his information. But that little chart was not on his website at the time. I don't think probably for liability reasons, he doesn't tell people a specific number to shoot for, but he does talk about just trying to see where you're at in your own glucose numbers and then fast to go a little bit lower and just continue to work with your body.
0: I think that's great. And so you found that around, was that 2018?
1: Yes, it was. I found it at the very beginning of December, 2018. And after doing some reading, I decided to start on December 5th, 2018. So I have been fasting and feasting for two years now because we're recording this. You know, yeah, we
0: recorded this in December. So we are just past your two-year mark. So happy fast Fastiversary. Thank you. <laughs> so you told me that in an email. And I thought that was fun to hear because I actually discovered Marty Kendall and his Optimizing Nutrition blog. And by the way, they spell it differently in Australia. I think it's optimizing with an S,
1: right? It is. But I, I have typed it in with a Z because I figured I was going to mention it today. I want to send people to his content. He provides a lot of free teaching. And it's not like the man is out there money-grubbing. He wants to teach people about this. He cares because of his of his own family circumstance.
0: Right. And I found him, like I said, a long time ago. It was 2017 when I came across him. So I guess a year before you did. It was probably summer of 2017 when I was researching for Feast Without Fear. All these words go together. <laughs> Feast Without Fear that I wrote in 2017. And he had some information about the insulin index that was fascinating. And it his blog might have been... One of the first times I came across that, the fact that, gosh, we don't just release insulin in response to sweet things, you know, protein and mm-hmm. other things as mm-hmm. well, that was surprising mm-hmm. to me. And I, you know, he started me down that rabbit hole of looking for that information. Do you want to tell listeners a little bit about him and why he does what he, you know, where he got his start?
1: Well, my understanding as I was reading through his content, he got started because of his wife Monica being a type 1 diabetic and they wanted to start a family and be able to have some healthy a healthy pregnancy and he had been helping her monitor her glucose numbers and trying to figure out a way to stabilize them and he is a civil engineer And the keyword would be engineer, data, all that. So that's engineering minds work with data. And so he was collecting data on Monica and doing his research and crunching numbers. And he discovered so much through helping his wife. And through the years, he's continued to learn. I'm so grateful for the content he's put out there. And one of the things I'm most grateful about, I saved one of his quotes is that he is not pushing any particular diet. He has a quote, here if I can find it, about that your diet doesn't need a, a name or a philosophy. I haven't scrolled to it yet, but it doesn't need a name or a philosophy. It just needs enough nutrients. And so the other, that was the other thing I appreciated about his content was not pushing any particular diet. But saying, follow your own data, how your body is responding to the food you're eating. It doesn't have to be a keto diet. It doesn't have to be a Whole30 diet. It doesn't have to be a low-fat diet. It can be however you're eating, start there. And he definitely has provided lots of information about nutrition. He's just a wealth of information. And he's a very gracious, kind man. I reached out to him. And he's been one of the interviews I have done on a Facebook page, his Optimizing Nutrition Facebook page. I I think I did an interview with him back in October.
0: Yeah, he's definitely he's great. I've I've enjoyed the things that I've read of here. He says, I'm actually after we stop interviewing today, I'm gonna go dig through his website a little bit more because it's been a while since I've been there. I'll see some of his some of his later things. But um yeah, I think I think that's very important what you said the way your body responds to the foods that you eat. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what foods work for me. It matters what foods work for you. Have you heard me talk about the PREDICT study?
1: Yes, I was thrilled to know that you were doing that. And I would love to be a part of that, but I just haven't chased that down because my time is going elsewhere right now. So I don't even have- I'll
0: keep you in the loop for that because I'm going to have a promo code of some, I don't have it yet, but I'll, I'll have that. And we're recording this in December and it comes out in February. So in between recording and when it comes out, I'm actually going to follow the recommendations that they gave me when I did the PREDICT-3 study based on my blood glucose response I was surprised, you know, with the the muffin challenge, they give you these special muffins and one is a very high fat muffin and one is a very sugary kind of a muffin with a high blood glucose load. And my body did not handle either muffin, either a soul high sugary muffin or a high fat muffin. Neither load was handled fabulously and it made me very sad. I was like, what? Yeah, because I usually don't eat things in isolation. But so based on my gut microbiome and the way my body responded to the the challenge things I was eating. And um I'm go they've given me all this it like, these are the foods that work better for you. These are your scores. And it has all these algorithms, the predictive algorithms about what I should eat. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat according to their recommendations for, um, they say to do it for four weeks. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Well, since you didn't do well on high fat, and you didn't do well on high carb, have you heard of the Mastering Diabetes guys? Oh,
0: I have. I have. I've read their books. And honestly, that's really kind of a lot how it works out for me. I am not the kind of person that likes to modulate what I'm eating. You know that about me.
1: <laughs> I don't wanna. you know. And nor do I. I go back and forth. Sometimes I eat high fat and sometimes I eat high carb and sometimes I bring it all together and whatever.
0: But you know, there are plenty of carbs that I do well with like beans are one of the superfoods for me. Like beans, very high score. A lot of plant foods are really great for me. But they have things that are called your gut suppressors and also your gut boosters. And it's all based on what lives in my gut. And so I'm going to try it and see. You know, it's interesting because in the past part of my life, prior to 2014, whenever I changed what I was eating, it was to lose weight. I don't don't need to lose weight. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm trying to, well, like Marty would say, I want to optimize nutrition, right? Right. You want to live in a healthy body. Exactly. So, you know, maybe I will feel so much better that I didn't even realize I needed to feel better. So I'm going to try it because it feels like it would be silly for me to go to all this trouble of having the analysis and then not trying it.
1: all your listeners who are not in a position to do something like the PREDICT study, they just have to do, they're on a limited income and they have to figure things out without spending money. So one thing I like about Marty's method is just following your own glucose numbers and, and tracking things. You can figure out a lot that way. Absolutely.
0: And one thing I would say about that is if somebody is, you know, officially diagnosed as type 2 diabetic or if they're pre-diabetic, they may be able to convince their healthcare practitioner to write them a prescription for a continuous glucose monitor. I really, does, does Marty use a continuous glucose monitor or is he more like individual finger sticks?
1: I think he does individual finger sticks. I don't know. He might have played around with a one that he wears. And I did hear your podcast from the other day saying that you have been wearing one and you wish that everybody would be able to have the opportunity that their doctors would think this is a good idea because it could prevent so many problems down the road if you had the problems off before they become problems.
0: Exactly. You know, like I told you, even watching mine on the CGM, it looked fine to me, (laughs) but they're like, oh, you don't clear fat well. Of course, that was my blood flat. That wasn't, of course, didn't show up on the monitor, but they had to, they see I did a blood sample, you know, a couple hours after eating the challenge meal and my body didn't clear the fat well and it also didn't clear the sugar as well as they were looking for. But I really think just a CGM, if people could get a prescription for that, you do have to have a prescription. But I would never be able to get one just from you know a regular doctor based on, because you know, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm at a good weight, I'm not pre-diabetic. But even for me, there are some things that I could tweak to be better. You know, We all want to live with lowered inflammation. And so for me, they explained that because of the way my body clears fat, too much fat would be inflammatory for my body. So what's going to happen when I actually do lower that and follow their recommendations? We'll see.
1: Right. So I give Marty a lot of credit for getting me started on tracking my glucose numbers. And I know the audience can't see, but you can see me because we're on screen together. I have this data sheet that is, the last time I printed it in October, it was 150 pages long but I haven't printed it any more pages since October, but I keep numbers on myself. I typically wake up in the morning and I want to know my morning fasting blood glucose. I write down what my weight is and weight for me is just a data point now. It used to be when I was only going by my weight, I would get discouraged if I get on the scale and saw that it had gone up. But if I got on the scale and saw that it went down, then it was like, Oh, I could play around because you give me an inch and I take a mile. I get that. A lot of people do
0: that. They no matter what the scale says, it it makes them change their behavior. A good day, they're like, well, now I can go crazy. <laughs> right. So let me ask you this. You didn't
1: say how much weight did you need to lose
0: when you started this at two thousand in 2018?
1: Okay. 2018, the day that I started, I weighed 160.2. And on the BMI chart for my height, which is 5'5", the healthy normal range shows from 114 pounds to 144 pounds. We're the same height. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not really even that comfortable at 144 pounds. I feel a little still like a stuffed sausage in my clothes. And 114 is too thin for me. I have gotten down to 125 doing this but I still felt like it was a little on the thin side. And so I have gone back up to my wedding weight, 136 from 1984. And that's my goal. As long as I can stay between basically 130 and 136, I feel really good and feel like I have flexibility to move around. I don't want to go above 136 because to me, that's just the the cutoff line from my mentality that I want to be at my wedding weight.
0: I love that. I think I'm actually lower than my wedding weight. I can't remember what I weighed on my wedding. Day. Well, I know I am. I, I don't remember what I weighed on my wedding day, but the last time I tried my wedding dress on, it's been a couple years, it was just hanging on me. So that was oh my goodness. I was a little, a little on the chubbier side when I got there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, you know, those years I would up and down. I, those were the yo-yo mm-hmm. years. And so yeah. I there yeah. were times early in my marriage that I was low, but at the wedding day itself, I was not <laughs> not that low. But you and I are at the same height. And, you know, for all I know, that might be the range where I tend to maintain. The last time I got on a scale and saw a number, I was 130 point something.
1: Okay. What's fascinating to me, Jen, is you've given your clothing size a number of times, and you said you're between a zero and a two. And I'm between a six and an eight at my height and weight. And I just think that the different body frame wear clothes differently. So,
0: And all the different stores that you go in, you know. But I might have a couple of size four things that I still have around. Um, But yeah, the four, I have everything from four to... I have like something crazy double zero from a store that was like insane, (laughs) but that's not difficult. I don't think if we do that. I don't don't know. It was like I had. I was at the beach in October and I was shopping, and it was like, where was I? One of those stores with huge vanity sizing, and I'm like, this zero is too big. I need a double zero. I'm like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a shirt. It was not pants. But yeah, I am apparently I've got a small frame, so you know I, I have that's just that, you know, people have different frame sizes. So people should not listen to me and think they should be what I, I am.
1: Yeah. They don't have to be your clothing number size or your weight number size. They need to be comfortable in their own body, in their own skin. And that's where I have been able to stay for the last year and a half, because basically it took me about five months to slowly lose the weight and that was just eating according to my blood glucose numbers. I waited until my glucose came down to about 85. And then I would go ahead and eat. And typically, that meant I was just having one meal a day, which messed with my mind, because I had come off from since 2013. I'd been following the Trim Healthy Mama plan, which I loved. I I was so thrilled to find Trim Healthy Mama because they believe in eating all of the macros. I call them the macro trinity of carbs and fats and proteins, right? I do not like the idea of excluding me neither. No, I did excluding for 17 years, low carb dieting because I was a patient of Dr. Joseph Mercola when he was still in practice.
0: Oh, you were an actually one of his patients when he was practicing.
1: Yes, I did. I was. Yeah. He was the one that put me on the low carb diet. He suggested that in order for me to help my kidneys, I have a kidney disease. And that's one reason I went to him was to try to lower medications for this kidney disease. And he suggested the meat and veggies diet, which veggies in his mind vocabulary then was low starch non-starchy veggies. And so for 17 years, I did meat and veggies. I felt like fruit was only allowed occasionally if I just absolutely had to have it. And low carb did work well for me. But over the course of time, my body kept craving carbs. I didn't understand that was what was going on. I just thought I was weak willed and would give in to the carbs.
0: See, that makes me so sad because I think a lot of people feel that same way, like they're weak or something's wrong with them. But we're designed
1: to have carbs. Right. And so the cravings would build and build and build until finally I would just give in. And I would give in to things like going through the grocery store, pick up a box of bakery cookies, those real thick sugar cookies that have about an inch of Frosting on them. Yeah. And I didn't eat just one or two. I ate about eight of them out of the box. Yeah. Or I would pick up a bag of Cheetos and the family size bag, single serving for me, you know? So, and then I would feel disappointed in myself. But it also might start me on a string of days of just, oh, what the heck? I'll start again Monday. I'll diet again on Monday. And really, the only way I could keep my weight down on low carb was to do what I called white knuckling it. I just had to apply all of my will and reject any carbs. And once the carbs passed my lips, it was like, throw the barn doors open. The horses are out. But when you switched to true Healthy Mama and
0: started eating that way, they added carbs back in for you?
1: Yes. They really encourage having healthy, complex carbs and to alternate between having some fat-fueled meals or some carb-fueled meals, just kind of keeping the carbs and fats in separate meals so that your body only has to deal with one fuel at a time, which really is kind of what the Mastering Diabetes guys are talking about. And I heard them on Melanie's podcast, and they answered a beautiful question she gave about, well, what if I want to eat fats, but I want to eat carbs too. And they suggested have the carbs first, let them clear the body, because the body will just chew through those quickly, and then have your fats. And that's sort of what term healthy mama does, but they don't prescribe any order that you eat your fats or carbs They just say, keep them apart. If you want to be able to trim down. If you need to gain weight, say you're a child or you're a pregnant mother or even a nursing mom and you need to keep your body happy with carbs and you need to grow your body or grow a baby inside of you, then bring the carbs and fats together and your body will do better that way.
0: I love that you found that and that it, it worked really well for you and you were able to reintroduce the carbs that you had been missing. Did you feel better
1: at that point? Oh, definitely. I was able to feel like I could have all the healthy foods. It taught me how to not be afraid of eating a bowl of oatmeal like it was going to send me on a food binge because I had the carbs. It did take me a while to trust eating carbs, but I saw steady weight loss on Trim Healthy Mama. And I also got down to wedding weight until menopause. Ah,
0: yeah, I just got through that. I'm on the other side. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm so excited. But, you know, you may I wanted to mention one thing that I didn't say before about, you know, eating for my predict 3 results with the the app that they have. One thing that's interesting for me, all the foods have a score. Like a food might be a 100. Like for me, avocado is 100 and maybe almonds are a 100. But it's when I start stacking too many of them. Like if I had five avocados, my score would go down. It might be 30. You know, why is it? Well, it's because it's too much fat load for me. And so it's based on how much my body can clear. So I'm not going to be eating low fat and I'm not going to be eating low carb. I just have to strategically time. It's very interesting. I might have to have a slightly longer window (laughs) to to fit it in. But um, apparently, you know, the clearance rate is important. It's kind of like what you said from the Mastering Diabetes, have the carbs, wait, let it clear. And have the fat. Fascinating.
1: We're learning so much about our, how our bodies work. I know. And it, it definitely is not. Calories in, calories out. That is a losing proposition to think that that's how you're going to manage things.
0: Yeah. Anyone who's really dug in understands that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I found your book early on in my process because by waiting for my glucose number to come down, I... Could quickly see, okay, I'm in the fasting world, but I don't want to be in the fasting world because most of the fasting content I found was you got to do low carb, you got to do keto. And so I was searching around, are there any other options to this fasting thing? And is this fasting going to hurt my metabolism? I believed that I needed to put in fuel on a regular systematic basis every three to four hours in order to keep steady glucose numbers. Thankfully, I found your book, Delay, Don't Deny. And I think you had also just started your podcast at that time.
0: Probably so. Yeah. 2018. It was November of 2018. I just, yep.
1: And I so appreciated your approach that it wasn't about a particular dietary style. It was about giving your body a chance to rest, to fast and let that insulin come down. And I also didn't know about clean fasting. So I learned that from your content, which I don't know if clean fasting was a phrase in Delay Don't Deny. It It wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't in the book. It was in your Facebook group. Yep.
0: I wrote Delay Don't Deny in 2016. And I think we came up with the terminology clean fast in 2017. So Delay Don't Deny 2016. I think the terminology came around in 2017 we're trying to explain to people, no, you want to keep your fast really clean. And that's when we, we came up with it. And then it just became, and it's out there now. That's what's exciting. The, the phrase is out there. You hear it everywhere.
1: Yes, exactly. So once I got that idea in my head, that any taste of sweet could potentially provoke my brain to send signals to my pancreas to release some insulin, and my whole point of fasting was to let the insulin quiet down, just settle down so that it didn't need to be at work storing fuel that my body would, you know, just use up the available storage. And that gave my body a chance to release some glucagon that turned stored fuel back into glucose in my bloodstream. And I do credit trim healthy mama for teaching me about the glucagon principle. So there's no way I can walk away from trim healthy mama I just I tweak the program to make it work for myself. I love a lot of their recipes because they are conducive to my wanting to separate my fuels still. Sometimes I don't do it always, but when I know I need to be a little more careful, say I'm aware that I'm right there at that 136, and I'd like to have a little more comfort room, so maybe a few days of the fuel separating, I'll practice that and go back down closer to the 130 two, 133 numbers, just so I have a little bit of wiggle room.
0: I love that. I really love that you have a range because so many people get caught up in a number. Like if you're like, I must weigh 130 on the dot, you know, because you're not, your body's not going to do that. It's going to go up. It's going to go down within that range. And you, you have that, then you look at the number and you know, well, I'm on the upward end, time to scale it back down. But you have a plan and you don't freak out or get upset.
1: Right. So I I found your book. And that helped me because you were not one of the voices that said I could only do this fasting life with low carb, I wasn't willing to go back to that again. And Trim Healthy Mama had freed me from that. So I didn't want to reject the Trim Healthy Mama stuff. I just knew that it wasn't working for me to go ahead and put in fuel every three to four hours, I needed to wait at my age and stage of life. Well,
0: because we've got fuel, right? You had stored fuel on your body that you wanted to use up. And so you can't use up the stored fuel if you're constantly putting more fuel in. And that's the thing. And you, you mentioned earlier, you were worried about your metabolism slowing. And that's what happens when we aren't well-fueled. But if we have low insulin and we're fasting clean and we're able to tap into our fat stores, we are well-fueled.
1: Exactly. I love Jason Fung's YouTube video that some European news person did with him it's called fasting for diabetes or something and it's just a 30 minute YouTube clip and he answers those kind of questions and it's a great YouTube video I've sent that link to a lot of people I put it on Facebook and I put it in my own Facebook group that is a private group for fasting and feasting so I try to point this to pe- point people to this idea, because they can eat this way, they can eat however they want. And they can improve their health and their metabolic condition by just being aware what is going on inside of their body. I love that.
0: So when you first started, I want to circle back to that to the method that you use with your blood glucose, you would test your blood glucose. And once it got to was it 85?
1: Is that the number that you said? At that time, I was shooting for 85. Now I go for a lower number, and I also go for an, an insulin ratio, but I'm sorry, you were asking a question. I'll let you go on.
0: That's all right. I just, you you were going for 85. So now what's the number you shoot for now?
1: Well, it's more about not so much just the glucose number, but I now want to know what's my insulin ratio doing. And I learned from Dr. Annette Bosworth. She's on YouTube as Dr. Bos. I've heard of her. Yeah. In- so my only caveat about pointing people to her is I do not adopt her keto only stance. She's very, very pro keto. And I want to eat all the food. Right. Is she having you measure ketones? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's actually what I do. I just do not believe that I can only get into ketosis through eating a keto diet. Yeah, we know that's As, not true, right? Right. I've seen my own numbers. So I have the data to prove it to myself that I can get down to a good insulin ratio by fasting. And so, but she did teach me that if I would take my glucose number, along with my ketone, blood ketone number, divide the two together, my blood glucose number reads in milligrams per deciliter. And all... The ketone meters that are on the market—they read in millimoles. So I start with that milligrams per deciliter number, and then I take my ketone number, which is in millimoles, and I just do simple division. Glucose divided by ketones gives me an insulin ratio. Okay. And so I like to see an insulin ratio somewhere um, between 100 and 200 before I break my fast. I found that that's really good for my body. Now, sometimes I'm way up to a thousand insulin ratio. And I'm just, I continue to watch my numbers and try to figure things out because I've played all over the place with different food combinations, healthy food, junk food, everything. And I just keep taking numbers and I keep my weight down and keep learning. That's fascinating. I'm glad I scheduled out for you I think we've been on the calendar for nine months because even in the nine months, I've learned more things. I'm
0: glad. See, it all worked out. Yeah, because we scheduled this initially. It was um, May. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. So that's fascinating. So how long does it normally take you? How long do you normally fast to get that that ratio that you're looking for?
1: Well, uh, let's see. Today at one forty eight p.m., I took. I got a ratio of, of insulin at 208. And so my glucose was 83. And my ketones were 0.4. And I ate yesterday afternoon, I think I started fasting again around four or five o'clock, maybe a little earlier. And if I weren't interviewing with you, I probably would have broken my fast there at that 208, because that's a comfortable number for me. But I have also learned that I like the fasted feeling. I think clearer. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to slow myself down. Ditto. I? get it. With you.
0: I do not eat before an interview. Although tomorrow I have to do something at eight p.m. <laughs> so I'm like, they're just gonna have to. I'll, I might be sluggish. <laughs> I'm not gonna wait
1: till after that to eat.
0: But I, I get it completely.
1: So. I'll give some other ratios that Dr. Boz gives. The reason she got to this whole ketosis and ketone thing was for her mother who had cancer. And Dr. Boz had stumbled upon some information and she learned about insulin ratios from a Dr. Thomas Seyfried, who wrote a book, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. And she, in her desire to help her mom, which she did, she made a huge improvement in her mom's situation. She, where was I going with this? Oh, so she came up with some ratios to target. And that's what I was going to share. She says that if you get down to a ratio of 80, where your glucose divided by your ketones is, and your, that ratio is 80, it's guaranteed weight loss. And it is, I definitely lost weight at that ratio that as I played around, I saw that I didn't have to go down to that lower ratio. And I can have weight loss at a ratio of between 80 and 100, even a little higher than 100. And then for her mom, who was a cancer patient, she was trying to get her mom down to a ratio of 20. So that means that her ketones were high and her glucose was low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she was on a very strict ketogenic diet. And then the other number between that strict, strict 20 and more of the weight loss 80, she gives a number of 40, a ratio target of 40, glucose divided by ketones, ratio of 40, as that's really good for cleaning up your body's system, improving your immune system, strengthening your body. Basically, it's using that magical autophagy. And she said that you're going to be cleaning up your system with autophagy at 40. So I've fasted a number of times to reach that ratio of 40, but it's not my current focus right now. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
0: I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster.
1: No, it's
0: to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app
1: today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed.com/slash/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: And how long does it take you to get to that to that point? Like,
1: you know, it's very individual. It based it's based on from day to day, right? Day to day, and what you eat the day before affects your numbers the next day. So it really depends on how one eats and what you fill your body with.
0: I've got a, a breath ketone meter that Melanie Avalon had them send to me to try out of someone that Melanie had interviewed for her podcast. And and I was like, all right, I'll take it. I'll try it. <laughs> you know, and it's, just, it's fun to, you know, because I can always tell when I have ketones on my breath. I had an old breath ketone monitor back in um, when I was trying to do the keto diet in 2014. Of course, I didn't lose any weight, but I was blowing ketones. And so I, I knew what it felt like to be in ketosis. And I knew what was on my breath, you know, I, I could tell. And so um, it was fun to have one. I mean, I still have it, but the one that, that Melanie had them send me, it's fun to to blow into it and just see, yep, I knew I was high and there it is. There's the high number. But after Thanksgiving, you know, I ate more food for a, a few days and it was a different kind of food for a few days. And I could really tell my ketones were down. I could f- tell it and I felt a little more sluggish it is fascinating to have that confirmation. Mm -hmm. You're like, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I'm just not, even though I'm fasting the same amount of time, my ketones were a lot lot lower and then just getting back to my normal way of eating. Exactly. And now it's, it's high again. So
1: Mm -hmm. that's great. I have never had that feeling of feeling like I can sense, myself in ketosis, the the closest I get is just feeling very clear headed and energized at a good ketosis. Rate. So you
0: don't get it in your mouth and your breath.
1: No, I've never tasted it.
0: Some people think that means they're doing it wrong, but you've measured ketones. So you know, you're getting into ketosis. You know, you are. So people who who may not, I mean, I do think some people probably excrete more through their breath than others. We were different with the way we experience it. So people don't be stressed out if you're not feeling it or tasting it because Lori doesn't taste it and I do.
1: No, I don't. I don't, I have to measure my blood and I have toyed with the idea of getting one of the ketone breath meters because it would be a lot cheaper than
0: the blood strips,
1: the blood strips. But right now, again, my mind is elsewhere. I'm focused on studying and whatnot, and I have plenty of strips, so I'm just going to keep using them for a while. And even if I do get the breath meter, the thing I want to do is do side-by-side measurements to try to to compare how do I interpret the breath ketones versus the blood ketones? Because I have this nice little math formula of the blood ketones dividing with the glucose to get an insulin ratio, but I don't know how to interpret whatever the breath ketones measure to get an idea of insulin ratio. And they are
0: actually different ketones. The ones you exhale are different ketones than the ones that are in your blood. So it, they really are two different things. And you know, just as we're different in so many other ways, some people may exhale or make more of the kind you exhale, where some people might more of the kind. I mean, it's, we're all just so very different.
1: Right. That is one of the things Marty talks about is the difference in chasing blood ketones versus breath ketones and whatnot. I tell you, the man is a wealth of information and I love sending people to his website. Well,
0: I'll have to dig through his website some more now. Like I said, it's been a while since I've been there, but I remember at the time he had some really good stuff that set me off in the, I was like, wow, I'd never seen that before, you know, so always learning. Yeah. And he's not a nutrition guy. He's an engineer. And so, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. He's going with the data and he's got lots of data to go by because he's been running some Facebook groups and challenges so that people will learn about how to interpret their own data and learn from it. And he's able to use that data and crunch it. Nobody's identity is revealed and the people get to be in this Facebook group together and encourage each other. And the neatest thing is, they're, most of them are no longer focusing just on the weight loss. They're focusing on their nutrition. And that's what I love. I think that's huge.
0: And it took me a long time to make that mental switch towards the nutrition side of it. You know, And really my body directed me you've heard me say it before, it happened just naturally as a progression. Because I was completely weight focused and eating foods that didn't serve my body well, but I was able to lose weight. And I didn't realize they weren't serving me well, until I started connecting how I felt. Like when you talked about that cookie, that type of cookies with the frosting on there, I just was imagining eating them, they would not, I would feel terrible after that, that would not work well for you probably don't eat those now. Oh, no, 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 I don't eat them now. <laughs> yeah, my husband went and got pie last night. You know, we're still in the holiday season here as the recording time. And we had a really good dinner. And then he's like, I would like to have some apple pie. I'm like, ooh, I would like some apple pie. So he went to Sprouts, which is a healthy grocery store. You know, they're known for having, you know, they're not Whole Foods, but we don't have one. So there are, what's what we've got here in Augusta. And he came back with his pie and we were both like eh, it tasted like artificial chemicals and this is like a health food you know higher quality pie than a lot of pies and i was just like you should just throw that pie in the trash
1: mm, yeah and that's the sad part the better your taste become for nutrition you begin to realize that other stuff doesn't taste it doesn't good. Taste
0: good. So I didn't reject the pie because I read the ingredients and they weren't high quality. My mouth was like, Ugh, I don't like the way this pie tastes because you can taste that it's, it's not real food. And so that was just a surprise. And I'm sure it was kind of real food because like I said, it came from sprouts, but they're not as rigorous as a whole food.
1: But you know, the other great thing about this fasting and feasting life that I live now is... I can still go ahead and enjoy a bag of Cheetos if I want. And they still do taste good to me. Now, see,
0: that's the thing. I have never lost my taste for Doritos. They do
1: still taste good to me
0: as well. It's been a while since I've had Cheetos, but I bet I'd like them too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Have you read the book, The Dorito Effect? I have not. That's on my two read. I just got it. I've like read the synopsis of it on. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, is it about that hyper palatability of food and at what a trap it is? Yes, I get that. Speaking of, have you read a book? So I read your Delay Don't Deny. And then I read your Fast Feast Without Fear. And then I waited for your Fast Feast Repeat to come out. And I have to tell you, those are genius titles, Jen. Thank you. Because I use them as my talking to myself sometimes. Like
0: mantras, right? They're mantras. They're action oriented.
1: Exactly. And so there's times when I want to fast a little longer, but boy, something sounds really good. Maybe I want to break fast early. And I so I just tell myself, no, delay. Don't deny. Just delay a little bit. Don't deny. And then, you know, I know that I can feast without fear. I can eat whatever I want. And I do. And I've been, I started making sourdough bread again and just enjoying as many pieces of sourdough as I want. I want to feast when I eat. Feast
0: without fear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I walk away from the table full and satisfied. And then the last one, the fast, feast, repeat. That's what I do. That's my life. I fast, I feast, and I repeat the whole process again. Your book titles are genius. I also... As much as I love Trim Healthy Mama, I know that not everybody is suited for that lifestyle because it is a very different way of eating. And so I love sending people to your book, Fast Feast Repeat, with all the science in it now and all the instruction and the fact that they can start with whatever diet they're already on, even if it's a standard American diet, even if they're a drive-through sue that's a term from Trim Healthy Mama, even if they're a drive-through Sue and they're gonna eat from McDonald's drive-thru. They can start this fasting and feasting lifestyle. I was drive-thru, Sue. That's...
0: <laughs> I mean, there were days, I don't know if, did I write it in the book? I can't remember if I've just told it on the podcast or maybe I haven't even said it anywhere, but there were days on my way to school, I would go through two drive-throughs. I thought I might've said that somewhere. I would go through Chick-fil-A and get my chicken minis and my Coke and my um, little, they had these little hash browns, but then after I ate that, I would go through Starbucks and get a latte. So I'm like, do I have time to go through two drive-throughs? I mean, that sounds berserk right now.
1: <laughs> no, and some people live that way. That's how I lived, and I was obese, but I was hungry,
0: and then mid-morning, I was hungry again. drive through, two drive-throughs, and now I'm hungry, and it's not even lunchtime yet. I was trapped in that cycle, that blood glucose roller coaster. I wonder how high it was. Who knows?
1: Well, the thing about eating this way, according to my glucose numbers, I don't really worry too much about the after meal glucose number. It's not all that important to me. It's more my pre meal glucose number. And if somebody um, is willing to stick their finger for this data, then I'd say the most important number, if you're only going to do it one time, to break your fast would be to know what is your glucose sitting at as you get ready to break your fast and start whatever eating window you're going to have. A pre meal number would be a really good idea to have on yourself. If you're willing to stick your number stick your finger twice a day, then get your morning fasting glucose because then you know, you know, how your body has cleared through the night, what you might have cleared and what your starting point is and then fast from there until you want to break your fast and have your meal, open your window, whatever you want to call it. And there's two numbers, but you don't have to do what I was doing in the beginning, which I really was taking my glucose number about every hour on the hour and watching what was going on in my body. I
0: really did learn when I was wearing the continuous blood glucose meter that it really does vary. You know, like it really does go up and down and up and down within that range. And so that surprised me. You're like some people will say, gosh, I had my fasting blood glucose done, you know, six months ago, and it was a 95, and then I had it done last week, and it was a 102. Why is it higher? I'm like, that's the same range. That's not higher. That's just one moment in time. And maybe five, you know, maybe or maybe 30 minutes before it was 102, it was 92, because it really does go up and down within that range for each person. So I didn't realize that until I went through it. So if people could get a continuous blood glucose monitor prescribed to them, that really, that would be so much easier than the finger sticks.
1: Well, for 20 bucks though, somebody can go to their local Walmart. That's true. Anybody can get that. Anybody can get a glucose monitor. And i made a YouTube video for some friends and I put it on YouTube so that people could see exactly the meter I'm suggesting they go get it has the least expensive test strips. It's a small compact little meter from Rely On Premier. And it everything's in one box for 20 bucks. And you could test your blood 50 times with that one $20 box. And if you want to test after that, then you can just buy some more test strips. I think you can get a hundred of them for something like $17, $18. And that's how I started. But because I do test a lot and Dario came out with a glucose meter that they have a subscription plan with unlimited test strips. And I said I was testing about every hour. So that unlimited test strip sub- subscription really helped me a lot. And so that's in a YouTube video. What's the name of that video? How can someone find it? Well, I have a YouTube channel under my name, Lori Tilden Leak. Leak is spelled L-E-E-K-E, everybody. Yep. So I have that YouTube video, I have videos while I'm walking at my tread desk and testing my numbers throughout the day. And I've done a couple videos while I was fasting, just to watch what the numbers were doing while I was fasting and waiting for a specific insulin ratio. But nobody has to go to all that length. At the very least, though, I would point people to your book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, and they'll learn so much. I bought a set of three books and unfortunately I've given them all away. All I have left is my audiobook. So I may, if the Christmas Amazon special is for another set of three books, I'll probably buy them again. I was saying that
0: today, actually.
1: Oh, okay. I'll have to go look
0: and see. Sometimes Amazon pops that in there. And today it's actually exciting because finally the audiobook is available to English listeners around the world. So, it's taken this long for it to be in Australia and UK and wherever people are listening to books in English. It's going to come in some other languages, but I will not be reading it.
1: My local library has it available as an audiobook. So, you don't even have to spend money. I will try to find inexpensive ways for people to accomplish things without having to go broke and
0: the library will get it for you if you haven't read it the library will get it in their collection and you can check it out and you your library might already have it in their collection maybe there's a waiting list (laughs) i've heard of that from people they're on the waiting list so i was like i'm 30th on the waiting list i'm like that is crazy (laughs) and it was it's been in target so people could just go get it right there in target You don't want to wait. And Target has it for like $12 or something, 12 something. So, and you're going to save that. That's the thing. People are like, I I don't have the money to buy a book right now. You're going to save that money with fasting like in a week with just the meals you're not eating.
1: Exactly. Fasting has saved my husband and me money. I do also want to report that um, this is the one way he has been able to lose weight without relying on me telling him what he needed to eat or how to eat because he doesn't want to figure out carbs and fat and all that stuff he just wants to sit down and eat what i serve him he can understand you eat and then you don't eat and he also is now at wedding weight i love he's
0: that <laughs> that's so fantastic it really really is i love that he's doing that with you we are almost out of time we talked about a lot of interesting things today and i'm sure it will peak the interest of a lot of listeners. But what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Well, before I say that, I want to give a shout out to a fellow Trim Healthy Mama friend who has been on your podcast, Bronwyn Kerr. She's in Australia. She was, I think, episode 100 or something. She and I met on a Trim Healthy Mama Facebook page that is women who are trying, that we love Trim Healthy Mama, but we also want to fast. So Trim Healthy Mama intermittent fasting, it's an unofficial page. because they don't want you to intermittent fast, do they? They they want you to eat like- Exactly. All day long. So it's an unofficial Trim Healthy Mama page. So I wanted to shout out to Bronwyn because I remember enjoying her episode so much. Then what do I wish I had known when I started this? I wish I had known that I would actually enjoy- the seesaw of fasting and feasting, that it is fun for me, it's freeing. I do not have to worry about eating every three to four hours. I do not have to pack food with me to leave the house. I do not have to eat any particular diet. I can go anywhere, stay at at a relative's home, be away from home for a week and not worry about what my diet is. I just eat what's available because I live a fasting and feasting lifestyle and it sorts itself out. All I need to do is fast, feast, repeat. And I happen to like the data of knowing what's going on in my blood glucose and with my insulin ratio. It saves money. It saves time. I enjoy my food so much more. Somehow it it just tastes better to me. It really does. I don't know what that is, but it except for a bad apple pie that except does except <laughs> for bad apple pie right right so it's wonderful to have found this lifestyle and it's also wonderful to be able to not be a, not be trapped in that menopausal weight gain upward slow upward tick and all these years my husband has wanted to lose weight and now he's able to do that he's able to manage his own weight without you know counting on me to serve him weight loss conducive meals. I don't have to do that. We just eat all kinds of wonderful food. I do focus on as close to whole and healthy as possible for the majority of the time. But like I said, I'm a Cheetos fan. I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Food has to taste good. It has to be window worthy, whatever that is. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Lori, this has been such a fascinating episode. Thank you, Jen. I have looked forward to it. I have enjoyed it. And I am very, very grateful to you, to your work, all the work you've put in. You've run excellent Facebook group, great atmosphere there. Um, So I'm just I'm really glad that you're not a keto person or a specific diet person. Just eat what works for your body and what's healthy and fast feast and repeat on. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lori, and I will see you around the group. Thank
1: you, Jen. Do
0: you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at Intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator